This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Your radio doctor does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on your radio doctor. Always consult your own physician. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When it comes to my health care, I want choices, like more doctors and hospitals, so I get to see who I want. With Independence Blue Cross, I don't have to compromise when it comes to my care. Independence makes it easy. Their online tools help me manage my plan and even keep my health on track with programs designed for my well-being. And with free 24-7 virtual doctor visits, I get easy access to care when I need it, saving me time. Open enrollment ends on January 15th. Enroll today at ibx.com. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. In Odyssey Station, it's time for the Delaware Valley's first radio doctor. On call every Sunday morning at 10. This is your radio doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Listen, seven months or 10 months is an absolutely exceptional, exceptionally short time frame to produce this vaccine. Your health determines your life, your longevity, and your happiness. Let your radio doctor lead the way with your medical education. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Good morning and welcome to your radio doctor. I'm your host, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. It's the holiday season, a time for great joy for most of us, but a time for sadness for others. Then add the stressful layers of COVID and seasonal affective disorder. Today, we'll be discussing depression during the holidays with two superb psychiatrists. First, Dr. Sosonmolu Shoyeka, an MD and an MBA who serves as Chief Medical Officer for the Department of Behavioral Health and Intellectual Disability Services of the City of Philadelphia. Later, we'll hear from Dr. Vivian Pender, President of the American Psychiatric Association. First, Dr. Shoyenka board certified in adult psychiatry, community and public psychiatry, and addiction medicine with a wealth of experience in leading statewide programs. Philadelphia is blessed to have you. Hello, Sosan Mula. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, we had a wonderful conversation the other day, and you remind me that depression is a leading cause of disability around the world and the prevalence of depression and anxiety have doubled during COVID, along with the rise in substance use disorder, especially in young people. And we agree, no one can escape. COVID has been uniquely stressful for everyone. I love the way you phrase that. And the other big issue is the US Surgeon General is warning of the impact of COVID on young people. So with these thoughts in mind, please share with us the wonderful programs that you've made available. Absolutely, and uh, um, uh, thanks you for focusing on this very, very important topic. Now, uh, in January of 2021, uh, the City of Philadelphia and uh, IBX partnered to create the Mindful um, Together uh, campaign. And the intention of this campaign was to address population mental health problems that are resulting from COVID. And that website is mind, M-I-N-D-P-H-L together.com. And that uh, links to a, a wealth of resources, uh, including the Healthy Minds Philly and uh, the DBHIDS uh, Boost Your Holidays um, uh, resource platform. And I think, too, um, 
the programs are there and we could talk a little more detail about each one, but it's great that people know that they can access those resources so easily. So it's the city of Philadelphia and the other big pillar in our city is Independence Blue Cross. And it's so creative and wonderful that, that you two forces can network to help so many people. So again, it's mindful together. So it's mind, kind of clever, mind, the full part is PHL. So instead of mind, F-U-L, it's mind, P-H-L, together.com. Tell us a little, if you would, about Healthy Minds Philly. Yeah, the Healthy Minds Philly website is a is really just a compendium of resources around mental health um, that is obviously accessible online 24-7. That website includes uh, uh, tons of material, including uh, screening, uh, the ability to screen for mental health conditions, what we call um, uh, a checkup from the neck up. It also includes uh, links to me, me, uh, mental health first aid training. And so that's um, really accessible for free. If uh, any agency organization would like to uh, request training, that's available. Um, it also includes a searchable calendar of events that links to a, an additional resource page. And um, again, a wealth of information around uh, several blogs organized by topic, a resource page with phone numbers. And I would just point out, I'll come back to this later as well, very crucially, uh, if an individual needs help right now, uh, they can call the phone number 215-685-6440, which is uh, available on the healthymindsphilly.org website. Mm -hmm. So that's your crisis line 24-7. And we'll repeat these before uh, we finish chatting. But the crisis line again is 215-685-6440. And I think it's so clever, you know, on healthymindsphilly.org. And again, we're gonna remind everybody, start with Mindful Together, Mind PHL Together, no separations, mindfultogether.com. And it links you to the other sites like Healthy Minds Philly, Boost Your Holidays. We're talking about the holidays are beautiful and we go to so much effort to make them perfect. But then uh, you do, there's always a little tension. There's always trying to get the perfect gift or trying to make everybody happy and that's okay. But even more, uh, general is is the first year you your mother's not here you, you, you had a trauma this year or covid's made everybody sad it's always a mix of extreme emotions and and i love that you have boost your holidays uh in the mindful together uh collection of uh resources absolutely and that uh, website is dbhids.org forward slash boost b-o-o-s-t and you're absolutely right. Uh, the holidays are an interesting contrast. So it's the, a happy time of year uh, for many people, but for some other people, it's just uh, between the combination of the stress, the unique stress of that time, you know, what we've been through with COVID, uh, seasonal affective disorder, which you highlighted earlier. And then just for some people, isolation and, and just some challenging memories can make it a very difficult time. So we encourage people to uh, go online. Again, that number is that email address is dbhids.org forward slash boost. And dbhids stands for Department of Behavioral Health and Intellectual Disability Services, which if if you don't remember any of these things, the City of Philadelphia website is a good start too, which is 
www.phila.gov. So if people, even if you just remember phila.gov, that's a big help, yes? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you bring in seasonal affective disorder. I'll tell you when that, how long would you say that's been a topic uh, oh, it's in a, psychiatry? Oh, absolutely. It's a condition that's been recognized for, for uh, many, many decades. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's really a form of depression that tends to have its onset at the beginning of the cooler uh, months or shorter days and, um, and tends to resolve towards the end of winter. And it's marked by many of the same uh, uh, symptoms as uh, de depression that occurs, you know, at other times of the year. So it's sadness, uh, loss of interest in things or loss of pleasure impaired sleep, appetite, uh, energy, uh, fatigue, uh, concentration, mm -hmm. crying spells. Kind of the kind of the blues. And the blues. and I guess it was in med school when I first heard that expression, I thought, oh, come on. <laughs> but as I get older and the days are longer and brighter, I agree. I, I think it's real. I, I, I definitely think brighter, sunny, sunnier days are make uh, everyday uh, issues a little bit easier to handle. Um, so we'll repeat the website for people to start at mindfultogether.com. Dr. Sosamoya Shrienka, thank you for all this important information, your great work. You are a gift to the people of Philadelphia, and we look forward to having you back. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, exclusively presented by Independence Blue Cross. If you have a question for the medical mailbag, just send a note to doctor at yourradiodoctor.net. And welcome back to your radio doctor. Now I have the great pleasure to welcome Dr. Vivian Pender, clinical professor of psychiatry at the Weill Cornell Medical College, training and supervising psychoanalyst at Columbia University, and the president of the American Psychiatric Association, which is a massive distinction. We are so fortunate to have you with us today, Vivian. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, the pandemic has spawned a fascinating time in history, but it has also led to extreme circumstances with extreme emotional responses. As citizens of the world, more specifically of the US, we've lived through the early days of complete uncertainty, isolation, loss of jobs and businesses, weddings canceled, life put on hold in so many ways. Many people seemed to adapt, and then Delta brought a second wave of challenge, since the onset, Vivian, how would you assess the coping skills of Americans in general? Well, that's a wonderful question. You know, throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, both adults and children have faced serious challenges for almost two years now. And, and it's been stressful, sometimes overwhelming, and it it's been causing some very strong emotional responses from feelings of fear and anger and anxiety and depression and exhaustion, frankly, at this point. People who ordinarily aren't used to dealing with such strong emotions are now being forced to do so. And I think you're right because even if somebody hasn't had the ultimate loss, the loss of a loved one, uh, or, or less so, but still upsetting loss of their job or their home. Even if people haven't experienced those extreme situations, there are two ways to look at that too. I think people um, are realizing that you don't know what the future will bring an hour from now, a day from now. But the other thing is, 
in in school, I remember learning that depression is is a bit of a relative word. Maybe you can talk about that as we go along. But when you react to um, a life threatening loss, or I mean, I'm sorry, a life changing loss, a death in the family, or something, it's appropriate to be down and depressed. There's a whole spectrum of reaction to this pandemic, depending how it has hit you or how you think about it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You know, there's um, kind of a spectrum of uh, in these feelings. And um, so some some of the people who have been affected the most are those with pre-existing mental health conditions, those severely affected by COVID by being in an ICU or on a ventilator, those who um, have lost a loved one or lo- or loved ones, um, frontline workers, and everyone, frankly, whose life has been overturned or upended by by COVID. Um, and we know, you know, it's been even worse for people who were already living with um, the negative impact of what we call social determinants of health and mental health, such as poverty and racism lack of access to health care, lack of education. Um, and so they were already suffering with those negative um, environments. And then COVID just made it worse. Um, we, we know that COVID has taken the lives of Black, Hispanic, and Indigenous Americans five to 10 times more than white Americans. And um, as well, you know, psychiatrists are seeing an increase in mental illness, more patients, more severe symptoms. Um, the rates of drug overdose and suicide in youth have have um, really increased dramatically. I know it's been in the news and, and most people are aware of that. So I guess what we look for is the silver linings. I say that in a poor way. What lessons will we have learned Maybe the stigma of talking about substance use disorder and depression and possible suicide will be more, people will be more vocal about it. Maybe this is an opportunity to say layers of stress. We have the stress of the pandemic. One of the things we hope to discuss today is is the, the, um, the anxiety and the depression that comes with the holidays. I mean, it's supposed to be a joyful time, but for many, it's a sad time. And so what would you say are the emotions that have been manifested? Well, the the social isolation has really affected people. And again, there's a kind of spectrum. So mm-hmm. at the at one end, there are people who feel kind of rusty socially, um, mm-hmm. you know, just a bit awkward um, getting out there. It's they, they just feel like they have to tune up their social skills. But at the at the other end, um, there are people who have become less civil with each other and um, more angry. So so anger is is one of the things that people have been feeling. Um, fear, um, you know, that the virus is invisible um, and and it doesn't seem like a threat. You can't see it, but then. You know, there's there's this dramatic impact when it's uh, when someone is gets very ill or, or dies, um, and the uncertainty is is about the future is just terrible for people. You know, life used to be linear, 
it, you know, you went from one achievement to another, you climbed the ladder, the, the social ladder. Now it's circular, you know, you, you kind of go forward and then, and then you're pulled back um, by the news of, of, a, uh, of a new variant or, or something like that. So um, it's, it's very concerning. And if there's too much uncertainty, like with the announcement of a new variant, the, the Omicron, people get triggered because the, it, it's been traumatic. Um, yes. the, the whole pandemic has been traumatic for people. Um, you know, children especially have, um, have lost a lot socially and educationally. Uh, and um, so, you know, people are, are tired uh, and uh, physically and mentally, uh, you know, there's a kind of fatigue and burnout. People people feel burnt out. Um, so, you know, there's a there's this whole range of emotions that I should say, you know, most people kind of call up their coping skills and what they've usually done in in situations uh, where they are stressed uh, and um, and the, and people are resilient, so they. You know they they do basically know what to do unless uh, it's it's just overwhelming them, right. and some some people are overwhelmed. And you distinguish the people who who are, who are responding with severe um, responses versus those who are more resilient. But I remember when the second plane hit on September 11th, and then the Pentagon on each uh, incident. I ran, the schools weren't even closed officially yet. I said to myself, I'm gonna go and collect my children. We're gonna hide under the bed and die together. And I picked them all up and it was the one, the probably one of the only times in my life that I felt hopeless. I, my, the kids said, mom, we have homework to do tomorrow. I'm like, homework? We're gonna eat candy and watch TV all night. We're all gonna, I didn't wanna say to them, we're all gonna die tomorrow, but I just, and when this came along, I thought, gee whiz, how many people are going to disappear from this. I mean, you know, as a physician, just as a human being, and listening to my parents, what they said about the uh, the uh, flu epidemics that took so many lives in 1918. But the other thought I had was, you distinguish very well anger and sadness. They're, you know, if you have a loved one in a nursing home, you're kind of angry you can't visit, but you're also sad, sad you can't visit them. And so then, as you say, we, we were kind of adapting and then came the second wave of Delta. And then we think, okay, we got that under control and now's another wave. So I think it's also important, we were talking the other day, the present day styles of communication have really affected our responses. Let's talk about that a little. Well, you know, you have to know your boundaries and, and people are on their phones or their computers, they're watching social, they're on social media all the time. So that, that um, needs to be uh, limited as much as possible. And when people are feeling, um, you know, these, these overwhelming feelings, it's good to talk to somebody, a loved one, a friend, um, you know, a, even a coworker. It's really important to, to talk about your feelings, and that's a big help. Sure, and as you say, uh, physical distance uh, physical distancing doesn't mean social distancing. So make the phone call, send another email, or as they say, pick up the phone and talk and really get the nuances of well, somebody's message. You know, when you get a text message that says, 
nice hair, or maybe it means nice hair. You don't know until you hear the person's <laughs> inflection, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I Abs- guess surround yourself with people that look at it the way you do in the sense of how cautious they are, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Make sure you're eating well, sleeping well, limit your alcohol intake and, and uh, no, no drugs and r- regular exercise um, and mindfulness. You know, check in with yourself a few times a day. Ask yourself, what am I feeling and what do I need? And, and last but not least, control the things you can control. You know, keep a schedule, um, maintain some structure and make plans. And that makes you feel better also. Yes. Let's take a little break and we'll be right back with Dr. Vivian Pender from Cornell. Today's edition of Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross, can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere, at your convenience. Just download the Odyssey app and search Your Radio Doctor. It's health education on demand. Welcome back to your radio doctor. We're here with Dr. Vivian Pender, who is the president of the American Psychiatric Association. Vivian, we're talking about the ways to set boundaries to keep our mental health uh, protected a little bit from all the changes. One of those changes uh, that we've all noticed is the massive changes in schedule. I remember in college, I took a course on famous American writers. I think it was Faulkner who wrote at home, but he would get up and put a suit and tie on, go down to his basement, that was his writing space, and at five o'clock he'd come up and change. He had the structure that helped him get into the zone to do writing. And and I think one of the things that's interesting is, well, Mary or John, they're not commuting anymore, so she must be up at the usual 6.30, so I'm gonna send her a text at 6.45, or let's set the Zoom for seven, because you're not commuting anyway. Don't you agree that people feel like they're actually working more than when they were commuting? Yeah, yeah, that is happening to a lot of people. There's, there doesn't seem to be any uh, regular schedule that they used to have where, you know, right, they would get up and, and commute to work, and at the end of the day, they might, you know, um, go to dinner with somebody and then go home. But now, and they could actually turn off their email and, and they didn't have to respond. But now it seems like um, time has, uh, the sense of time has changed. And I think that that may be a general effect of, of the COVID pandemic and, and the, this uh, kind of era that we're living through. Um, but um, so people, People do feel like they're they're just constantly on, and and that is part of what is contributing to them feeling uh, burnt out. Frankly, sure. Well, you know, you watch um, if you're standing in line at the supermarket or waiting to get on a plane or whatever we used to stand in line for, mm-hmm. and. That was, to me, driving to and from work, I might listen to the news or I'll listen to WPHT, but I mean, that's a time for self-reflection that has been completely uh, usurped by people walking with earbuds, whether listening to music or a podcast. Don't you agree that that time for self-reflection is so important and that's been stolen too in many cases? Well, I think that yeah, in a in a way, you know, when we were all in in lockdown, more or less, and maybe still are, more or less, um, it has given people time to take stock, 
with um, what they've been doing, how they were conducting their lives. You know, there's been a, the, the great resignation. A lot of people left their jobs deciding that it just wasn't worth uh, that kind of work environment or, you know, that they didn't have that life-work balance and they chose um, to improve their lives rather than continue, you know, working in something with something that they didn't want to continue in. So, you know, people have been um, deciding what's important and what's meaningful in their lives. And, and that's a, you know, kind of si one of the silver linings about about sure. this pandemic, um, deciding what to continue, uh, what to eliminate, maybe start a new hobby, um, spend time with with people that, you know, you didn't spend time with. And uh, and maybe even, you know, I've spoken to a number of people um, about taking risks um, and being creative. Uh, you know, now's the time when you can do something that you never thought you'd have the time to do or, or the space to do it. And now you're home a lot and you can take on that project that you um, didn't, didn't have time for before, didn't think you could carve out and now you can no you're absolutely right and and you also hope that i mean what i always remind my own children the the most valuable lesson or or one of those um qualities that that i hope my children learn is humility again mm -hmm. we said we cannot predict the future and gratitude be happy okay you have to work a little bit harder because maybe other people have quit so the people who are working might be doing the job of two or three people but you yeah. say to yourself Every day I don't have COVID, it's a gift. So yeah. be happy. When people lived through the depression, they didn't know how long it was going to last. And then that was piggybacked with World War II. And you see people on TV complaining that they, they can't go out to dinner and you think, holy Toledo, you're not, you have a roof over your head and you have food. It's all about perspective. And maybe that's what distinguishes us from the greatest generation, that at the time people were grateful because they were humble. And now people are used to being empowered and, you know, instant gratification, instant. Yeah. right? I yeah. want a new dress. It's on my doorstep tomorrow. I want food. It's delivered in an hour. The whole yeah. idea of being humble is not a bad thing and helps yeah. you accept uh, challenges more readily, don't you think? Yeah, I think that th those are great thoughts. I, 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 I love it. I, you know, it, it's so important to... Um, be compassionate about other people, especially now, in, in, because there's um, there's so much kind of tearing of the social fabric that it, the, the most important thing we can do is to care about other people and to and to be kind and generous. Um, you know, some some uh, of my colleagues, well, many of my colleagues have been volunteering, uh, you know, to take care of or provide some, you know, mental health services for especially uh, frontline workers. Um, in New York City, you know, where I'm from, uh, last year uh, in 2020, um, we, you know, we had a terrible surge of, um, of uh, people getting very sick and, and, and dying, and the, the healthcare workers were just um, 
you know, really strung out. And, and so we, you know, we provided kind of uh, free hotlines for them so that they could at least talk and, and, and we could guide them through what they were going through. Um, so, mm-hmm. And I think one of the things, too, is when you make yourselves available as psychiatrists, there is so much misinformation out there. Again, everybody thinks they have a platform and they talk about this and that. I admire we had the head of infectious disease from Jefferson on last week who said, we just don't know. And I said, good for you. We have to admit we don't know. And people that get on and they're so emphatic that this or that, none of us can see the future. And I think that um, all the noise about this and that theory, this is what we know to date, and fingers crossed we're doing our best to keep working to find the real, the answer, therapy, prevention, um, because all that confusion leads to distrust, and then that's not healthy. And as you say, one of the extreme emotions is anger. Um, And so that brings us to the holidays, because the holidays can be stressful even without the background of COVID, because we think, um, did I get the perfect gift? Uh, those kind of stresses that are that are kind of fun stresses, but they can and dealing with different personalities, uh, Christmas dinner. But the other cool thing about the holidays is two things. I think if, if you would agree that it's a tradition, and traditions make us all feel more secure, children and adults. And the other thing I've heard you say, which is a beautiful thought, is that if your resources are a little more than the next door neighbor or somebody who is in a you know a disparity situation when they they don't have the finances or they lost their job make mm-hmm. them a dinner you know share something that you have even a phone call and say hey you're really hurting yeah. and i just thought yeah. you might want to talk I, it's and you know this is the time to do it it's um and it's so helpful it helps you and it helps other people to be um generous and kind and and altruistic and you know this is the time to take care of yourself and to take care of other people as as well um it's especially during the holiday season as you said you're absolutely right it is in in regular times it's a very stressful time everyone thinks they're going to have this hallmark moment where they they get together with their family and it's going to be just the perfect family and and it 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 almost never is um so um, Especially if Aunt Sally's mashed potatoes are burnt and you have to say, mm, these are yummy. I don't even have an Aunt Sally. <laughs> something, something goes, goes wrong. You know, um, you know, we're all very sensitive to our families. Um, so it's, it's understood, but, um, but especially now, uh, I, I think it's, it's even, um, kind of more stressful that people want to, um, uh, you know, give these per, quote perfect gifts, but but the mm-hmm. tradition of of holidays is really important because it's kind of anchoring. You know, all the all the anxiety and and disconnection. You know, everybody can relate to the holidays and re, and remember what they were like, and and so the those traditions are um, are crucial to maintain at this time. Right, 
And you can count on them. Yeah. We're all looking for predictability. Yeah. So I know that my husband was going to squeeze into that plaid nightgown that's always been too small <laughs> and read the night before Christmas to my to our 35-year-old son, 33-year-old daughter, and 31-year-old son, and the spouses and the grandchildren. So uh, the bed collapses with everybody wonderful. on it. We're going to do that story. Let's take a little break, and we'll be back for our final segment with Dr. Vivian Pender. In our last segment with Dr. Vivian Pender, the uh, president of the American Psychiatric Association. Vivian, we've, we've learned so much from you about um, the stress and the anxiety of holiday time and the pandemic. How would a person know, what signals would a person have or would you notice in a loved one that they need professional help? And I'm sure the signs are different in a child versus an adult. Yeah, thank you so much for asking that. It's it's so important to um, not let some of these emotions go on and on and um, until they um, become really difficult to take care of. So so first of all, if um, if if you're feeling anxious or depressed, um, you know, let's stick with those two. They're the most common for more than two weeks, and they're interfering with your relationships or your or your ability to do your work, whether it's you know just around the house or or um, or your other work. Um, then you should consider um, checking with your. You can check with your primary care provider or or a psychiatrist or um, a mental health. Uh, provider. And children um, don't uh, express their feelings very well. It depends on the age. But younger children, you see it more uh, in, in their behavior. You know, they're, they just, they're behaving differently. You know, they're, they're, they're not enjoying themselves, so they're, they're more quiet. There's been a, just a change in them, and, and that's the primary thing to, to look for. You know, I just want to say that in, in um, we, we know that 50% of mental illness begins by age 14 and three quarters begins by age 24. So it's, it's really imperative for parents and teachers and, and family doctors, pediatricians to notice these things and ask questions because, you know, some of these things can be prevented or, or treated early. You know, depression is a medical illness. Um, many of, many of, that's how we, um, talk about our, our illnesses, it, they're treatable, just like diabetes, you know, they should be treated. And we do have um, a lot of resources on psychiatry.org, that's the website of the American Psychiatric Association. Um, lots of resources for what you should do when you need professional help, and what you, what you should do to maintain your good good mental health and your resilience, because, you know, we, I'm hopeful and optimistic that we're all going to get through this. Uh, we're going to use whatever coping skills we have, and and we're going to be together. Uh, and and it'll it will um, will be okay in the end. And and the it's, sun will come okay. up tomorrow. Yes, yes. absolutely. And, and I think that that you make so many good points because obviously united we stand. And as we said earlier, if more people recognize depression and anxiety and speak about it at an earlier point, or if we as clinicians try to build that into our regular histories and physicals, how are you feeling? 
uh, are you feeling and how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Feeling and how you're doing are two different things. And look for how's your appetite, energy, are you sleeping okay? All those are subtle hints with adults. And as you say, a child might not be cooperating or might not want to watch his or her favorite TV show or go out and play ball. Mm -hmm. And during the wintertime when it's dark for uh, more hours, it's a little tough too. So go out and take that walk and call a friend, surprise an old college friend and give them a call. Dr. Vivian Pender, thank you so much. Stay well. Happy New Year. I'm going to have to come to New York and take you out for lunch someday. Well, I would love that. <laughs> and, and thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to talk about this. It's so important. You know, there's no health without mental health. That's what we say. So take care of your mental health. And, and, and thank you for the opportunity, this opportunity. It was wonderful talking to you. Thank you. Beautiful. And now for your real champion. I call this segment Ho Ho Hope. St. Nicholas was born in the third century in Asia Minor, which was Greece at the time, but now considered Turkey. His wealthy parents raised him to be religious, but died while he was a young boy. He gave his entire inheritance to the needy, the sick, the suffering, and became a bishop as a young man, known throughout the land for generosity to those in need, his love for children, and his concern for sailors and ships. At the time, the Roman Empire persecuted Christians, and Nicholas spent years in prison. Upon release, there were many legends about his good deeds, including the story of a poor man with three daughters. In those days, a young woman's father had to offer a dowry, something of value, to a prospective husband. Without a dowry, a woman was unlikely to marry and often forced into slavery. Mysteriously, on three different occasions, a bag of gold appeared in their house. The bags of gold tossed through an open window landed in stockings or shoes left before the fire to dry. This led to the custom of children hanging stockings or putting out shoes, eagerly awaiting gifts from St. Nicholas. Many stories like this explain why he's beloved as the patron of children, orphans, sailors, laborers, captives, victims of judicial mistakes, and the protector of all in trouble or need. He became the patron of Russia and Greece, and many European countries celebrate his feast day on December 6th, keeping the focus of Christmas Day on the birth of Jesus. We think of Santa as the jolly and benevolent father of Christmas. Children send their letters. He works all year with the elves making toys at the North Pole. Then on Christmas Eve, he flies around the world with eight reindeer, visits every house, and slides down the chimney to leave gifts, of course, fueled by your milk and cookies. But what lessons do we learn from old Saint Nick? Number one, he makes a list and checks it twice and does not give gifts if you're naughty, just nice. Well, that's important for children to hear. This is a meritocracy. A gift means more because you have to earn it. Number two, we live at a time of techno-communication. If you're hungry, food is on your doorstep in an hour. You want a new dress, it's delivered by tomorrow. It doesn't work that way with Santa. Whether it's a dolly or a new bike, children have to do their best in school, finish their chores, and count the days till Santa comes. They learn the concept of delayed gratification. Kids also learn that Santa knows best. You might want a motorcycle, but you get a great game board or a new book. You learn to be grateful for the gift you get. Maybe the biggest plus to Santa's yearly visit is the hope he brings to children and adults alike. So many good messages. The joy of giving, the wonder of surprise, and a child's belief that he or she is special. A few weeks ago, I actually stopped and asked myself, why are we worried about the stuffing and the pumpkin pie? Why am I unpacking Christmas ornaments? Well, when I look at the news, the world's coming to an end. Anxiety and isolation due to COVID, civil unrest, 
climate change. But then I realized traditions make children feel more secure. They make all of us feel more secure. Now more than ever, we need to preserve these traditions, put our energy into customs that unite us, like pausing and coming together to give thanks. Teach your children the beautiful story of Hanukkah and celebrate the birth of the Savior at Christmas time. Welcome all traditions, including Kwanzaa, Ramadan, and Diwali. The message in all these holidays is love. You can show your love in many ways. It doesn't have to mean buying something. Maybe you can make a dinner for an elderly person. Maybe a phone call to someone who's sick, out of work. Or maybe you're the first to extend an olive branch and reconnect with someone after a difference of opinion. In the end, the message of love is up to you. You can be the light of Hanukkah. You can be the manger that offers a place for the newborn savior to rest his tiny head. You can be the Santa bringing ho, ho, hope. We salute you, Santa Claus, your real champion. Happy holidays and many thanks to our sponsors, Independence Blue Cross, Recovery Centers of America, and Rothman Orthopedics. And remember, when you're under the mistletoe with that someone special, make sure you're listening to the Christmas sounds of Sinatra. Thank you for listening, and may the light of Hanukkah, the spirit of Christmas, and the joy of Kwanzaa, Ramadan, and Diwali fill your new year with peace, love, and good health. This is your radio doctor, Dr. Mary Ann Ritchie, reminding you that your health is your wealth. Thanks for listening to your radio doctor, Dr. Mary Ann Ritchie, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.